This episode is sponsored by Villier Jets. Support us by using the link in the description below to find out just how affordable it could be to fly in style to the next Grand Prix. Did you know you could get early access to this video, our live stream and exclusive content, as well as an EP credit at the end of every single video just by supporting us on Patreon? Well, you can. Check out the link in the description below. This video is made possible by GP Box. Support us by using the link in the description below to get exclusive discounts on F1 art, gifts, and official merchandise. This video is brought to you by TopRacingShop.com. Support us by using the link in the description below to get exclusive deals on F1 merch today. Well, 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 hello everybody and welcome to the number two podcast, which is just the second wheel sports podcast. Nothing to do with being filmed from my bathroom, as Andy from Beaverton pointed out. You're all very welcome. And this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Instead of having a guest on, what we're going to do is field questions from the wonderful subscribers of our YouTube channel, which are now joining us in the chat room. And we're going to talk about all of the latest news in F1, along with just maybe a little bit of a look forward to the season, as well as just crazy questions. So let's jump into it. And before I jump into just some of the latest news and chatting about it, let's just say hello to a few people who've already joined us in the chat. Matthew Hart, thank you very much for being the first commenter. Cody Soutner, W14 in black would be great. Swirling Soul, uh, testing, yes, will be live broadcasted. The only reason it wasn't last year is because there was two... Um, two different uh, testing sessions and the one in Barcelona wasn't televised. Uh, Crown Vix V8, Checo, Checo, Checo. Thank you very much. Of course, as you are probably aware, I'm a massive Checo fan. Uh, Shock Burger. Yes, uh, it is a funny video. For any of you listening to this, go and check out the YouTube uh, channel and you'll see the, um, the weird photoshopped uh, photo of me. And Andy from Beaverton, thank you. This bathroom is incredible. There is a hole in the bottom of this chair. And no, I'm not going to show you. Uh, so, guys, it is very good to be here. And let's jump in to the news, uh, I guess, that we've talked about. And uh, let's talk first about the williams James Bell Gulf and Porsche debacle, because that is an interesting one from over the last week. And I wonder if there's a way for me to run um, some sort of poll, maybe. There is. There is. Let's run a poll in chat here and see if people think Williams and Porsche uh, will still merge or not. So let's do this. Um, sure, this is very exciting for audio listeners. Uh, so let's go yes and no um, and add that in. So let's ask and see what you guys think about whether Porsche and um, Williams will actually merge in the end, even though Williams have already said that they aren't up for sale, um, was what they said exactly. Uh, let's see, in the meantime, so Great Malu, hello, sir, how are you? Matthew Hart, I'm playing F1 manager while listening to you talk about F1 in 2023. Very good overload and very good game. So yeah, so to give a quick backstory to those of you who are audio listeners, before we get some feedback from yourselves listening and watching, um, basically last week, Gulf came out with a, a a photo basically after they had scrapped their sponsorship with McLaren or McLaren had scrapped with them. We're not really sure which way around it was, but basically 
uh, Gulf came out with a photo then saying announcement coming soon and it was a photo of a blacked out F1 car. So obviously the idea was the announcement would be F1 based. On This was the same day that James Vowles moved from Mercedes to Williams and given his position in Williams where he was kind of being trained up as mini Toto, um, not to be confused with the movie Junior from the 1980s, it was an interesting one for him to go and he must see something promising at Williams like you'd have to assume he sees a future there for Williams because if not it's a bit of a demotion realistically and then obviously we've been hearing rumors on and off that Williams is or that Porsche sorry is still looking for a way onto the grid and that Williams was where they were currently going and then there was the bizarre Monday announcement video that Porsche deleted 128 videos from its Instagram feed for Formula E and replaced it with just a video basically showing not only the Gulf liveried Porsche, uh, I believe from endurance racing, someone can correct me if I'm wrong there, but also saying 1601. And then there was a guy with an interesting username on Reddit, uh, which I will say out loud on this particular one. So blast your ears or block your ears if you have kids listening, but it was called Hot Sex with Grandad, which was quite interesting. But he basically came up with this theory by looking frame by frame at the video and in the video there was kind of a blurred out or you know i guess eight bitted uh photo and it was or at least it did resemble a photo of frank williams and then basically williams came out a few hours later uh after this went viral all over the net and williams said that essentially uh you know we're not up for sale but we are open to being partnered with and we're open to engine suppliers and so on. So that wasn't really a no. It was just, they're not buying us outright. It will be a merger if it happens, basically. So yeah, it was an interesting turn of events. And then finally, Instagram, the formula or the Porsche Instagram just came back and said, basically, well done. We've now created a group for all of our big motorsport events. And this is Formula or Porsche Motorsport new Instagram which is odd to me. Would you actually create like a coming soon video for an Instagram change that you're going to launch that day? Maybe, maybe it was a genius bit of hype. You know, maybe it was a genius bit of hype. Um, if, if nothing comes of it and we do learn that there was never a, a Porsche Williams merger on the table, I think whoever started that Porsche Instagram video definitely deserves a promotion. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really interesting one. For anyone who's not sure about everything, you can obviously watch um, the full video we have on our channel. And wow, okay. So uh, in now, to be fair, there's not that many votes. But uh, do you think Williams Porsche will still merge? It is split 50-50 at the moment. So we'll leave that open for a little while and see what goes on um, from, from here on out. Okay, so let's jump back into the chat and see if there's anything else from you guys. And Feel free, anyone watching or listening, to pop any questions in the chat, anything you want us to talk about throughout this podcast, and we'll get back to it as much as we can. So, let's see. Uh, Crown Vix V8. Uh, Checo is my favorite too. Besides your Checo mug, do you have any other Checo merchandise? I've got the 2022 scale model of Checo's car for Christmas. Yes, over there, and you'll probably see it in the background of some of our older videos, there is both. One sec, let me get my fat ass out of this chair. I've got the 2021 and the 2022 hats of Checo. Um, and then 
back home in Ireland, there is a couple of uh, Checo merch from, uh, I believe one was his McLaren hat or McLaren top. I can't remember. And then I've got some Force India stuff. So yeah. Um, so there you go. Uh, let's see. Matthew Hart, only boy who could ever teach me was the only granddad baby. What? Oh, never met the son of a... Pre I get you. I get you. That took me a minute. Swirling soul. I can't judge any behind the scenes goings on. I don't trust the entire world to be straightforward about anything at all. That's fair. We do live in a Twitter age, so, you know, that's to be expected. And uh, yeah, I do like those hats, actually. Um, they're lovely Red Bull hats. I like wearing them to Mercedes meet up, or meetups. It's fun. Just kidding. Uh, Banyo, what actually would convince someone to join a team at the very back of the grid in terms of sponsorship? Yeah, see, this is my my wondering. Is basically if James Vells went from Mercedes, the you know, okay, the third best team in 2022, but let's be honest, they'll bounce back, right? James Vells going from there, a team where realistically, if Toto ever walked away, he would be next in line for team principal. So, you know, to go from there to all the way at the back, I don't know if payment is enough. Maybe, maybe he, like Max Mosley, is into sadomasochism and just wants to be punished. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help it. But, uh, you know, perhaps it's just a... Perhaps it is just he wants to go and see, you know, who the underdog is and what it's like to work for the underdog. And I guess it's a win-win for him because if, if Williams don't do that well, then who cares? And if Williams do amazing, then he looks like a genius. Um... I don't think it's money because I'm sure his pay packet at, you know, at Mercedes was good. Maybe he gets some sort of options in, in the actual, in the actual company. But that, that is one of the things that along with everything else kind of points in the direction of me of how do you get James Vells to leave Mercedes and come to, to Williams? That to me opens the door that perhaps Porsche, you know, perhaps Porsche are the ones uh, coming in. Or, or maybe there's someone else. Who, who knows? Who knows? There is obviously as well that big, uh, a, I think he's an Asian billionaire who's invested in Doralton. Maybe he's bringing something to the table. You know, who knows? Cody uh, Soutner, what do you think of the calendar gap now that China won't be replaced? Honestly, I'm not that bothered. So yeah, so for anyone listening who's not involved in the chat or hasn't been keeping up with the details, uh, the FIA and F1 have come out, well, F1, sorry, have come out and said that the Chinese Grand Prix that was cancelled due to uh, China's strict COVID zero policy, which is now basically gone, uh, won't be replaced and they will not be going back to China. So instead of having a record-breaking 24 race season we're now only having a record-breaking 23 race season if i'm honest i think it's enough um you know i just i think 23 races is fine and i think they could probably spread them out a bit more as well but yeah it's going to be an intense what is it march 5th until november end of november it's going to be intense so yeah i think i think the china grand prix missing is not the end of the world it's a shame i like the track i think it would have been fun to go back there but not a huge loss. And uh, let's just hope they can bring it back for 2024. Matthew Hart asks, my real question though, I have to ask your opinion. What do you think Vels needs to do in order to get Williams fighting again in the midfield by 2024? Wow, right. Well, first of all, by 2024, mm, I won't say it's impossible but it's definitely going to be difficult. But the one thing I guess they have going for them already is the fact that they have, um, 
you know, they've simplified regulations to work with and they have got a Mercedes engine, which is reliable in the back. And they've got Alex Albon, who is a solid driver. So therefore, I think, um, you know, he will be able to push up there. Logan Sargent, yet to be seen. As for what Vowles can do, the problem with that team now, I think, is it's been so long since they've been up there that they just haven't got the engineers available, um, you know, to really push them forward and compete. Because at the end of the day, I think they'll probably be able to get back on the back of Haas and, say, Alpha Tauri, for example. But I think that'll more be about Haas and Alpha Tauri slipping back down the grid than it will be about Williams moving up. So I think the main thing Vels needs to do is put together a solid engineering team. Um, and the problem he's going to have with that is getting a solid engineering team in is going to be difficult because... You know, if an engine, the good engineers are going to want to go up the front. So unless there's something like the Audi deal or Porsche deal, you know, the Audi deal for Sauber or the Porsche deal for Williams, convincing those people to come in is going to be difficult. On top of that, I think he's going to need to get them to push more investment in facilities because I think I could be wrong here, but I think some of their facilities, like their wind tunnel, is getting a little bit aged. Um, or did they get a new one when BMW invested back in the two thousands? I need to to look that up but yeah if Vels could do one thing i think look you're not going to attract drivers or any sort of major investment until your car is on point so he either needs to look for a strong partnership like a porsche partnership would be or he needs to somehow convince strong engineers to come back in and build the team back up because that's what made it you know possible in the past you know williams grand prix engineering basically had good engineers you know, um, and that's what made it such a force, even for an independent team. Uh, Emily O'Leary says, Checo has been my favorite too. Such a legend, Checo. Kid, uh, Kid Clutch, sorry. Uh, yo, welcome to the chat. Brown Vic has those hats too. Very good, very good. Um, Kid Clutch, have you talked about Ken Block at all yet? No, uh, we haven't talked about him on the channel yet at all, to be honest. Just I guess just because it's not F1 related in a way, but such a shame. Um, so early, and it was a snowmobiling accident, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, which is just insane. Um, it's crazy as well. Like that's what Michael Schumacher as well was snowboarding, wasn't it? Um, or skiing. Like crazy that these people, you know, just do this incredibly dangerous sport, you know, for their whole life, and then die doing something that should realistically be an Oculus compared to what they do at the very least, you know? It's crazy. Um, so yeah, rest in peace, Ken. Uh, Swirling Soul, plenty of races. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Matthew Hart. Lando Norris is my easy favorite on the grid personality. Seems the least like a giant asshat behind the scenes. Under the surface, all the drivers' true star potential. I have talked about this so much with, not only on the channel, but also just with random people that probably sick of me talking about f1 lando norris i think is a future superstar and i think that mclaren is a worse car at the moment than you know it gets credit for i really would love to see him jump into a red bull or ferrari i think he's up there with leclerc and verstappen um and i think that norris would be silly not to go to the audi partnership with seidel in 2025 if mclaren hasn't uh, you know achieved its goals by then i think he he needs to get over there if Maybe I think it's a good idea for him to stick around till the end of 24, maybe the end of 2025 when his contract's up. Uh, you know, contracts are made to be broken so he can leave earlier if needs be. 
But uh, if McLaren haven't got a solid car in 2024, I don't think the wind tunnel is going to make them a title-winning force by 2025. So I want to see Norris. He's young, though. He's got lots of time. Um, Swirling Soul, I do not have much faith in Albon. He's still too nice. Fair enough. Sidant <laughs> uh, Jane, and I'm definitely pronouncing that really, really wrong, so I apologize. Do you think Vettel will come back to F1 as a driver? If yes, then which team? I don't know why people want Audi because they plan to win races from 2028 and Vettel won't wait that long. Yeah, I don't think he'll come back, if I'm honest. I think it's different from... I think it's different from the likes of Alonso or, you know, um, who else came back after extended times? Schumacher, for example. If... I guess it's different because Schumacher, I, I know Schumacher had a family and everything, but I think Vettel's kind of made peace with the fact that he's leaving. And also, if you look at the Schumacher, you know, lineup, Vettel will look at that and say, well, you know, Schumacher was one of the greatest of all time and he came back and couldn't do anything more, even at a team that went on to win the title. So I don't know. I don't think he'll come back and I don't think it'll be Audi. I would more likely see Audi go with a strong driver, like a big statement driver, maybe a Norris, uh, cause of Seidel, um, and see them put maybe a Schumacher in the second drive to have that German, you know, name that they can use and whatnot. And I think Schumacher could be decent if he was given the right team, but we'll see. But yeah, I don't, I personally, I don't think Vettel's coming back. I really do, do not think he's coming back. Uh, Matthew Hart, I heard Renault or Williams were switching back to Renault engines. So yeah, here, here's an interesting one. So Renault, I was, I heard from some sources that will not be named. I don't care how much you push and they do exist. I don't have imaginary friends. As some of you have imagined in the comments. I heard that Renault would be supplying Williams with engines from 2023. Now, obviously that hasn't happened, but that could lean more into the fact that they're going with Porsche if that does indeed happen. So I think Williams could end up uh, getting Renault engines, maybe from 2026 if they don't uh, switch over by then. Uh, but it's odd that that rumor kind of fell apart because it was pretty concrete. But then maybe, you know, we need to see who lines up on 2026, I think. I don't think anyone's going to switch before then now. I think that's kind of done and dusted. Um, because Williams, I think, have signed a contract now with Mercedes until the end of 2025. So I don't think it's going to happen before 2026 now, even though the plan was, I think a lot of it probably had to do with the Piastri move as well. And I think when that fell apart, that probably had something to do with it. Um, so yeah, I don't think it'll happen before 2026, but if they don't go with Porsche, I could see it happening. A quick look at the vote. So now it's 56.44 of you think that Williams and Porsche will still merge. 56% say yes. So it's still very close. Um, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. great Malu Capito said they invested or improved the wind tunnel. Oh, fantastic! Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I wasn't sure because I was sure they did something with the wind tunnel back in the BMW days, but I wasn't sure if they have done something since then. Um, so good for that. Emily O'Leary, what's your favorite race on the calendar? Uh, you're all gonna hate me for this, but you have to bear in mind I am a massive well, actually, sorry, favorite track versus race. I, I can play I can play the, the little game where you you know you sit on the fence here. Because my favorite track is Monaco, but that's just because of historically speaking, I just love the history of F1 and Monaco is obviously the 
you know, epic history of F1. Favorite race has to be Brazil. It's always a banger, and I want it to be uh, the last, you know, the last uh, race of the year again because it is just the best race. I think it just it always gives us good racing without fail because Baku is an amazing track. It doesn't always give us great races. M- mostly has, but it's not a guarantee. It's usually due to chaos. Uh, so I have to say, Brazil, just overall, because on average, it's always a brilliant race, you know. But Monaco, favorite track, just because I'm a, an F1 history nerd. Uh, how do you think Nico will fare this season? I think good. I, I You know, he's a solid driver. I think he'll give some good uh, good points to the Haas team, and I think it's exactly what they need. Um, thank you for the question, Banyo. Yeah, not much more to say on that. Just I think he's a solid pair of hands, and... He obviously, Nico Hulkenberg has that thing looming over him that, you know, he never got the podium. But he was never in a car to get a podium, realistically, you know. And if he had got a podium, it would have been an achievement. It's not something to put against him, you know what I mean? So, let's see. What's your ideal driver pairing for an Andretti entry? Well, it's going to be Herda, and I think it's a good choice. I think he's a solid talent. And Daniel Ricciardo, like, just because it lines up with uh, my my most viewed crazy conspiracy theory video thank you for that cody uh winter sports are no joke r.i.p kent yeah sid crazy crazy swirling soul checo can win too i am an absolute max fan uh dutchy fair enough uh but i'm fine with checo winning too orlando or science or leclerc i just want to see other drivers so happy on the podium yep fair very fair uh, Chris Potts is listening to me at work and greetings from Arizona. Thank you very much. I can't do a Southern accent. No, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, greetings uh, from Arizona. Thanks for that, Chris Pratt's. That's Chris Pratt's, by the way. Chris Pratt hasn't joined the chat. That would be incredible. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Um, Checo ever retires and replaced by Norris, Max would have his hands full. I tend to agree, Matthew. I, I still think Max is probably a better driver, at least currently, than Norris, but I think he'd give him a run for his money. Okay, uh, let's see. Crown Vic V8. Oh, here's ooh, an interesting one. Hey, Wheel Sports. What is your honest opinion about the controversy of Max kind of betraying Checo after Brazil? Again, no offense. Max fans just asking. Yeah, so, right, let's get one thing out of the way, and this is going to show my Checo bias, first of all, but I don't think that he purposely screwed up, uh, you know, by crashing at Monaco um, back in, er, earlier in the year, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it wasn't for pole, so, you know, you're risking a lot smashing up your gearbox, um you know, for that kind of thing. And he, he gave the back end of the car a pretty hefty whack. So he could have easily damaged the gearbox. Now there is the video on board that everyone cuts to, which sounds like he like smashes the accelerator. But realistically, you're going to hear that noise if you lose traction at the back and the wheels spin up. You're, it's going to just rev. Like if you, if you drive any car fast and you lose traction, when you get wheel spin, the car obviously revs because the, rev lim- you know, the rev limiter goes up or not a mechanic. Um, so I don't think he did it on purpose. We obviously don't know for a fact that that's the reason why he was annoyed at him in the first place. Uh, but you know, if it was, I don't think he did it on purpose. And therefore I think it was unfair what Max did. Even if, even if it did come out that it was true and Checo did do that on purpose, right? Even if he did, 
I'm sorry, Max, but, you know, Checo has helped you out at every single time he's been asked in the past. By that point, you've already won the championship. He's going for second place in the championship. You know, like, I, I love Max. I think he's a really solid driver. He's a talent of a generation. I love seeing him race because he races old school. And you can love that or hate that, but that's how he races. You know, very aggressive, very old school most of the time. But yeah, it was just childish, if I'm honest. And I just, you know, I think it was one of those days where I genuinely, I do like Max as a character because what you see is what you get, generally uh, generally speaking. And unfortunately, what we saw there and what we got was just childish. I didn't, I didn't like it. But look, we all make mistakes. We were all young once. And the other thing is, it's like when, you know, Lewis has said stuff in the car, Seb has said stuff in the car, every driver has said stuff in the car. When your adrenaline's at a high and you're having a bad day, you know, people say shit. So I guess it could be forgiven as well, you know? Uh, let's see. MSC always knew what he was there to develop the Merc car, according to Rossi. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Andy from Beaverton. Um, let's see. Sidant Jane. Uh, again, apologies about the terrible, terrible pronunciation. Do you believe, do you still believe Aston Martin will fight for the title in 2024? I did say that, didn't I? Uh, their wind tunnel will be ready in the middle of 2024. They still have Mercs. I think they can, can in 2024, if not down, definitely in 25. I really hope Aston Martin can give Alonso the car to win races he deserves. Okay, here's what we're going to do, because there's a couple of polls I want to run here. So we're going to ask one more poll here. Uh, so thanks for everyone who voted. It ended up with 56-40, or 60-40, basically. Let's run another poll. Okay, so will Aston Martin, and I'm not going to say win a title, challenge for a title, and we'll say by in 24 or 25. And uh, let's see what you guys think. Let's, let's, let's ask this question. And then while we're asking this, I'm going to give my opinion, right? So there you go, guys. The, 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 it's in the chat there. So, sorry, the, do you think uh, Williams and Porsche will still merge? 58% uh, yes, 41% no. Okay, so there's a new poll now. Uh, do you think Aston Martin will challenge for a title in 24 or 25? I'm going to give my opinion on this, um, and then you guys can obviously vote, and we'll close the voting a little bit later on. Aston Martin, I think, are setting themselves up for the right timing, okay? Now... I think Aston Martin is doing everything right except one thing, which is not removing Lance Stroll. But unfortunately, that's just never going to happen because Daddy Stroll's paying the bills. But I think they did everything right with getting Alonso because I think Alonso can, at the very least, put you know show Stroll up for for what he is. Um, because I don't think Vettel was really top Vettel over the last two years uh, up until kind of the end um, of his stint. So I think when we get Alonso in the car, Alonso, I think, is still driving just absolutely spectacularly. The performances he gave with that Alpine were spectacular at the start of the season. He's an incredible driver. And I know a lot of people don't like Alonso, but, you know, I think he will do really well, right? And the more I've thought about this over the course of the year is that... um. I think that Alonso will allow Aston Martin to see how strong their car really is. So I don't think they're going to do crazy well in 2023, but given how much they've progressed from Barcelona when they brought in the new spec of car until the end of the season, 
I think we'll see them as a strong midfield contender and less of a back of the field like they started the season, right? So that's the first thing. I think they'll jump very much into a fight for the front of the midfield this year. Maybe not at the height of Alpine and McLaren, but right on their tail. I think that's where they'll be. The wind tunnel not being finished till 2024 is a problem, but they're using the Mercedes wind tunnel, which, as we can guess, is a strong wind tunnel. On top of that, they've now got the full effect of Dan Fallows. Mike Crack seems to be doing a decent job. And on top of that, their new facility will be finished somewhere mid-2023. So do I think they'll be fighting for a title now in 24? No. But I think they can challenge in 2025. I really do. I think with everything they're putting together, I think they'll at least be up there. Now, challenging for a title... And winning a title are two different things. Do I think they can win a title in 2025? Absolutely not, because to win a title, everything has to be together. And we saw that with Ferrari, perfect example. But can they be challenging for a title by 2025? I think so. Personally, I think so. Let's see what you guys, what you guys think. Let's see. Uh, Emily O'Leary, what's your opinion on the Las Vegas GP? Uh, I don't have much of an opinion on it because obviously we haven't seen it yet. So my, my opinion, you know, short and sweet, I guess. Um, or I could do the, to make a long story, painful answer. Uh, let's see. So it's a short and sweet answer, if I'm honest, would be that I think the track doesn't look great. It looks more set up for a spectacle than real racing. And therefore I think it'll be a one hell of a show, but I think it should be a once off because I don't think the track is going to provide very good racing. I think it's going to be just, you know, uh, an interesting one to watch. I'm glad they're doing it at night, though, because I can't remember who the driver was that won the title back the last time when they did the Caesars Palace one, but they did it during the day, and he nearly died of the G-forces. Um, now, the, the drivers nowadays are a lot more capable of dealing with that, but, um, yeah, Las Vegas Grand Prix, I think it'll be one hell of a spectacle, but I don't think it'll be a great race, if I'm honest. Let's see, Arlo. The number one F1 question that haunts me is why can't Mercedes engine customers be more competitive? Does McLaren really need to find an exclusive engine supplier for Lando to notch some wins? Um, right, here we go. Let's talk about engine suppliers, works teams, and competitiveness. So, the interesting part of all this is, historically speaking, historically speaking, Outside of Ferrari and Renault's four titles, basically every other championship dominating team, you look at your Williams, you know, your McLaren, even, you know, Benetton before they were bought by Renault. And in fact, actually, sorry, Renault only have two titles. Benetton have two. They're all engine supplies. So this whole new thing of you need to be a works team is very new. Um, it wasn't a thing back in the day. And that, that is that is partly because the obviously the the aerodynamics got a lot more complex. So the downforce became a lot more complex throughout the 2000s and kind of, you know, got ridiculous in uh, the last kind of 10 years. So I think the reason why, you know, being a works team is more competitive is not to do with the engine itself, because realistically, as far as I'm aware, under the regulations, the engine that Mercedes put in the back of their car has to be exactly the same as the engine in the back of the Mercedes. 
But obviously there are some advantages they'll have because they can bring upgrades to gearbox and different parts that fit into the engine uh, quicker than McLaren could get them, right? So that's obviously going to be, you know, a problem uh, in terms of bringing upgrades. Now, the main advantage, though, for a works team is, like I said, the aerodynamics. Because one thing you would have heard Red Bull go on about and moan about repeatedly until they switched over to Honda was when you don't have a works engine in the back, when it's not your own engine, you're limited by the packaging of that engine. Because Mercedes are obviously going to develop their engine for whatever their aerodynamics philosophy is. And therefore, the packaging of that engine is a limiting factor. So it doesn't mean that you can't win the title without your own engine supply. It has just made it more difficult in the last kind of decade because the aerodynamics have been so complex. Now, though, that the aerodynamics are going back down a simplified route with the ground effect and a lot more of the downforce coming from under the car, I think it's less of an issue. So I think we will start to go back to, you know, a situation like we've had for the majority of F1 where a customer team, you know, look at McLaren. They were a Mercedes customer team. Now, they were ingrained quite heavily. Williams were ingrained quite heavily with Renault. And we could see that again. But I think we will get back to a situation where customer teams like Aston, like McLaren, um, you know, those teams and, and Audi, maybe Williams if they get Porsche investment. I think it will be possible. But look, I think you're always going to have a little bit of an advantage by being the engine creator because you're able to obviously build your car philosophy and engine in sync. Same reason the iPhone just works, you know, uh, so well compared to, say, some Android phones. Because when you embed everything together, obviously, you have more control over the whole package. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think it'll be less of an issue going forward. But I don't think it's going to be uh, 100% better to be a customer team. The reason I think, though, the final word I'll say in it is I think, you know, if McLaren or Aston Martin or whatever can get really, really good at their aerodynamics, get the right engineers, get their facilities in place, then I think the loss from um, not building your own engine in-house will be something I can overcome. Swirling Soul, Max was being unsportsmanlike. Yep, I uh, tend to agree. That was just, it was a, an unfortunate down, you know, like I don't think Max is as bad as people make him out to be. I think it's just a fact of, he's just kind of, got that old school racing mentality where he just wants to race, you know, but he's a kid as well, you know, at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, uh, C trains, Max didn't do the best thing in that moment. Yep, definitely. Uh, Banyo, do you know if we'll be able to see the testing this year? Uh, if so, where? Yes, we will. Um, I think at the start of this, uh, I explained, but anyway, just really quickly. Um, if, uh, yes, the reason we didn't see the original testing last year was because uh, Bahrain have exclusive rights to televise the testing, is my understanding. So it wasn't shown in Barcelona. And also they had the excuse that, you know, it was brand new cars. This year there's only Bahrain testing. So you will be able to watch it. I know for a fact it's going to be on F1 TV, but you likely, because that's going to be like a, the usual global feed, you should see it on Sky Sports F1 and, and a few other places. Whether they'll cover it all day, I'm not sure, but F1 TV will do, you know, end-to-end -end coverage of it. Swirling Soul, I'm not optimistic for Aston Martin, pure guess. Yeah, look, I, th I think I'm alone in this, if I'm honest. Uh, Cody Soutner, Aston doesn't have a lineup built for the future, so no. It's true, I mean, look, Alonso's great driver, but he is definitely uh, old by F1 standards, and Lance Stroll is a useless 
waste of space who should be kicked out of the grid for putting people in danger and I hate him but anyway uh, Emily O'Leary AM are all talk and don't deliver Lance Stroll will never compete at the top but I love Alonso so I want them to do well yeah look Lance Stroll I completely agree with that he should be out on his ass uh, Aston Martin are all talk look I tend to agree um, but I think you know they're making the right moves and that team historically when it was Force India and then you know with the pink Mercedes, did do okay. And especially did better than what they had money-wise while they were Force India. I think they can do it. But the problem is, I think, one, they need to lose Stroll. And two, mm, yeah, there's some other changes I think they need to make. I think, I think I'm just excited to see someone else fight for the title, like a new team. So I think I'm just kind of all in behind it because of that. And I like Alonso, so, you know. Uh, C-Trains, with Seb leaving, I kind of have to make Alonso my favourite. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. Completely get that. The Regalo Diaz Uno, which is uh, the present the present 11. Is that right? My Spanish is correct. From reports of Williams selling, do you think Porsche will be in their place on the grid of F1 this season? No. Uh, I think Williams, if Williams do sell, they've they've said they're not selling which tells me that they're probably merging. So I think it'd be, at the very best, Porsche Williams. And if that happens, I don't think Porsche will put their branding on the car until at least 25, perhaps not until 26, because I don't think they'll want the Porsche brand associated with a car that, one, they haven't had any input on, and two, will likely be running near to the back of the grid. So I don't think so. I don't think so. Aston's new factory will be ready in May, so 2024 car will be fully made in the new facilities. Yep, uh, except for their wind tunnel, I'm assuming, uh, as I think yourself pointed out earlier. Um, so, yep. Uh, Crown Vicks and V8s. Thanks, Wheels. Yeah, I was not happy with Max after all that, but I do wish Checo the best this series. Yeah, I think Checo needs to do well. Uh, Swirling Soul, RB losing Adrian Newey at some point. Oh, that'll be the day when I start supporting uh, Ferrari because I don't want to go through the pain of uh, RB without Nui. Because at the end of the day, without Nui, they ain't winning no championships. Oh, sweet, sweet coffee. Uh, Emily O'Leary, what race circuit would you like to see on the calendar that isn't there already? Mm, 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 mm. Ooh, let me think, because I'm going to... I'm going to say some historic tracks. Kyle Army, definitely. Because, you know, um, I think it's a good idea to, like the push has been, to go for one in Africa. I'd love to see the old Argentina track, just because it's so unsuited. That would be cool, the Buenos Aires track. That would be awesome. Um, and if we're not including China in this, maybe Adelaide would be nice. Or Malaysia. Malaysia back would be cool. Sepang, that would be epic. And actually, you know what would be cool as well? If they actually put the Vietnam... Which actually, I don't get. If They're not having China this year, right? Why did they not give... Vietnam went to the trouble of building a full-scale Tilka track. Why is it not being used? Like, it seems like it's completely gone now. So all that investment is just wasted. So I'd like to see some of those tracks. Jake Fermo, welcome to the... Or Fimo, welcome to the, ch uh, to the uh, chat, my friend. Um... Let's see. Uh, wish we could just ditch Lance for Drogovic. Yeah, fair enough. Frank W. Do you know if Silverstone will be hosting two races in the future around 2028? I heard that info from a marshal at Silverstone F1 race next year. I know absolutely nothing about that, but I'm not 
really up for the whole double thing like we did in 2020, was it, when COVID was around? I'm not really pushed on that. Uh, regalo Diaz Uno. Uh, thanks. It's uh, the gifted 110. Ah, okay. Yeah, because 1 and 10 backwards. Yeah, obviously as well, actually, now that I think about it, because 11 is unsay, right? Gracias por esta. Uh, okay, so let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's see, Swirling Soul. It just doesn't sit right with me. This one kind of can't put my finger on it with this. Bear and Banyo. If just the rookies took on an F1 race between them, who would win? Oof. Oof. Well, are we counting De Vries as a rookie? Because I think... The other thing is, are the cars the same? Or we Let's assume you mean in their current teams. So I was going to say De Vries would have better experience, and I think De Vries is a solid driver, but not winning in an Alpha Tauri. Logan Sargent's not winning in a, in, a, in a Williams, so that's not happening. Um, George Russell's not a rookie anymore. Neither of the Ferraris. Neither of the Red Bulls. Uh, the Alpines, you've got... No, they're not rookies either. So Piastri in the McLaren. I think Piastri in the McLaren's got to be it, right? Who else is a rookie this year? Yeah, it's got to be Piastri in the McLaren, I think. Um, C-Trains, do you think McLaren could ever win uh, one world... Uh, the World Constructors Championship. Yeah, I mean, look, they've done it plenty of times in the past. Um, this new McLaren, though, has a lot to to fix. I think they can. Whether they will or not is a question, isn't it? But before I jump on to more questions, let's see what our poll is at. Ooh, pretty defeated. So you guys think, will Aston Martin challenge for a title in 24 or 25 the poll ends with 61% saying no and 38% saying yes. And those maths don't add up, so 1% of you didn't vote. That's a strange one. Anyway, thanks for that, Google. Can't even do basic math right. Okay, I'll put up another poll in a few minutes because I'm going to uh, do the last 15 minutes of this podcast talking about the big three. But before that, let's just jump onto some more uh, chat and questions here. This has been fun, guys. It's been an interesting style of podcast, just a bit of a, a bit of banter, a bit of chat with some F1 fans. It's been nice. Arlo, on paper, Mark our Merck customers should be able to win, but it rarely happens. We all saw in 2021 Lewis take an engine penalty to use that spicy unit uh, the last three races and was a second a lap faster. Yeah, although that spicy unit, uh, that was very much just... Uh, the fact that, you know, it was a brand new one, so they didn't have to worry about reliability so they could turn it up. Um, and also, like I said, I think the thing is the aerodynamics was very, very different then. So, um, let's see. So, uh, I keep getting this name wrong. I'm so sorry. Sidan Jane? So sorry. Uh, who do you think has the greatest prime in F1 history? In my opinion, Vettel. He was untouchable back in the day. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's, for me, it's probably Senna, but he didn't get enough time to show it off. And the only reason I'd say Senna, and it's, and I hate to quote Clarkson, but I think he was spot on when he talked about this, especially after going back and watching a ton of races, because there's a ton of drivers, and Lewis is one of these, I think. No, sorry, Lewis isn't one of these. Sorry, Vettel is one of these. There's a ton of drivers like Vettel, Schumacher, and so on, that when they're brilliant, they are absolutely untouchable. They're epic. 
But I think Clarkson said it perfectly when he said that, you know, those drivers were amazing on the good days. They were untouchable on the good days. But Senna was incredible every day. Like every time he went out on track, he was incredible. And I think that's one thing where what I like about Verstappen in a way, and a lot of the other drivers have said it about Verstappen, love him or hate him, he gets in the car, he goes fast. And I think, you know, there's been some maturity issues, I think, that have been the problem. And, and you know, as well, just testing and everything is different these days. But I think Senna, just because I think Clarkson as, you know, I don't want to be quoting Clarkson at the moment. I loved Clarkson growing up, but he's, he's a bit of a, bit of a problematic figure the last few days, um, last few weeks, last few months, last few years. Uh, but I think he was spot on there when he said that Senna was just great every time that he got in the car. Um, okay, so should F1 bring back exhibition races? Yeah, that would be epic, Cody. That would be epic. Epic. All right, I am going to jump into the last couple of chats uh, and then jump on to the last three after we pay some bills by taking a quick, and don't hate me on this, 30-second commercial break. Did you know you could get early access to this video, our live stream and exclusive content, as well as an EP credit at the end of every single video just by supporting us on Patreon? Well, you can. Check out the link in the description below. This video is made possible by GP Box. Support us by using the link in the description below to get exclusive discounts on F1 art, gifts, and official merchandise. This video is brought to you by TopRacingShop.com. Support us by using the link in the description below to get exclusive deals on F1 merch today. I love how you could very clearly, if you're watching this, see me in between one of those ads. But we're back. Thank you for sticking through that. We had to pay some bills, um, especially for the... Um, what you call it, the audio version of this. So let me uh, look at the chat real quick and then I'm going to ask the big question for 2023. We're going to have a chat about it for about 15 minutes. So let's see, Jake Fimo, uh, in equal cars, who would win? Piastri, De Vries or Sargent? Piastri. I think I think Piastri. Um, I think he's faster. The thing is, De Vries, I think, is a great racer and I think he's more consistent. And I think... See, De Vries could be Piastri just based on coming out of the gate, you know, on it in an equal car. But I think Piastri has just shown how good he is adaptability-wise. So the more I think about it, I think Piastri, I don't think Sargent's in there with the two of them at the moment. We'll see as he goes up. Uh, Swirling Soul, commentators for F1. I can't seem to pull myself away from Sky, but at the same time, I hate the biased reporting, just me. I, I don't know. I think, yeah, like, I think there's some bias on all of them, uh, unfortunately. Um, but look, Sky is, is very much the Fox News of um, of sports. You know, they, well, they were owned by Fox News, weren't they, Sky, until recently. Um, and look, I think this, this thing is British, British people are always going to support British drivers, you know, just like Irish drivers would support Irish, or Irish commentators would support Irish drivers. Dutch commentators will generally support. I think it's just the way it's going to be. Um, so yeah, I think there's going to be a bias there. I think it's a possible, like, I'm sure I'm biased about Checo a lot of the time and so on, you know. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. uh, Ken Lowe de Regalo. I don't know who that is. Uh, you'll have to fill me in. <laughs> uh, Beth Barry. Ah, uh, yep, that's my feeling about the current world as well. Richard Fitzgerald, very Irish name there. Dick, how are you? Uh, I just hope that this year someone can pose a challenge to Red Bull. And let's jump into that. So I'm going to set up the poll now. Um, and this is the final poll of the podcast. We're going to chat about this for the next while. 
And I'm going to base bias on, you know, the last few years here. So just, I'm sorry if I leave your team out, but who do we think? And I'm not going to say, because it will take too long to go through the uh, drivers, but who do you think will win the World Constructors Championship um, in 2023? Will it be, uh, you've guessed it, Red Bull? Will it be Ferrari? Or will it be Mercedes? And you know what, actually, I'll put other, in case anyone else wants to go hell for leather on their team, you can, you know, say other and then pop it in the chat. So the poll is popping up there now. And uh, yeah, let's see what you guys think. Um, and I'm going to give my opinion and then we're going to have a chat about it. So I think as a Red Bull fan, and this is going to be laughable, I think there is a strong chance that Mercedes wins the World Constructors title this year, whereas Max wins the driver's title. The reason I say that is because I think there's too much change going on at Ferrari right now. I think they'll come with a strong package, but I think there is far too much for Fred Vasseur to fix, including strategy and so on. And he needs to get, you know, on top of the fact that Matias leaving will have caused some problems for the technical department. So here's my thinking. I think Checo will still, as much as I want Checo to win a title, I think he's still going to struggle to be close to Max just because I think Max is one of those drivers. So I think Max will be out and out the most consistent in going for the lead of the driver's title. But I think Mercedes are going to come with a car that is by far and away, no, not, not faster, but really close or a little, really close to Red Bull and then will catch up on Red Bull throughout the season. And I think that'll allow them with two drivers who are, let's be honest, one of the strongest driver lineups with Russell and Hamilton. And I think the two of them will be in a fight for the title with Max. But I think that Max will just gain the driver's title because I think the other two will take points off each other. But because Russell and Hamilton are so strong, I think they'll win the, um, the constructors. Basically, what I'm saying here is we're going to have 2007 McLaren versus Ferrari all over again, just what Red Bull versus Ferrari, uh, Red Bull versus Mercedes, sorry. And I think that Max will be the Kimi, the consistent, just putting in those good weekends. You know, maybe his car slowly falls off over the season with the ATR restriction and the Mercedes W14 is slightly faster by the end of the season. But unfortunately, because Mercedes has the problem of having two strong drivers, that are both fighting for the lead and end up getting on top of each other. They win the constructors, but they don't win the drivers. And that is my big prediction for 2023 that I've said a few times already. So let's see what you guys think. We'll run through the chat for a little while, and then at the end of the podcast, we'll check out the uh, the poll and see what everyone thinks. Uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Sidant Jane, not a question, but I just want to say that I've been subbed to the channel a bit now. I love the content. I look forward to it. Oh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're a small channel. We have um, 9,444 subscribers at this point on YouTube, and it's been a pleasure growing over the last year. Um, shouldn't put my hands under the table while I say the word pleasure and growing in the same saying. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you much 
thank you much. Thank you so much for your support, guys. It really means the world to me. Uh, loved hearing this podcast, Checo11. Hell yeah. Uh, great Malou. Uh, Sergeant is very underrated. He nearly won F3 when he was teammates with Piastri. Interesting. I wasn't following it then. So it's going to be good to see him. Richard Fitzgerald. I've heard through the rumor mill that Piastri isn't all that. Well, we'll see, I guess. Arlo, who is the fastest current driver not in F1? My vote is Colton Herta. Maybe not the best racecraft, but the dude can wheel. Fair. I, I did see some clips of him because I'm not a big indie car guy, but I did see some clips of him and I think, you know, I think he could be big time. Piastri versus Sargent was amazing, but Oscar in McLaren and Logan is in a William. Yeah, so it will be hard to see them. Uh, the rivalry continue. Jake, Swirling Soul, I hope Red Bull, but I think Ferrari is a good contender. I really, 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 really would love, and again, as a Red Bull fan, to see Ferrari on it this year because it's just, it's been so long since we've seen Ferrari up there. And I do love Ferrari, as you can probably tell by the posters behind me if you're watching the video version of this. Uh, let's see. C-Trains. I wish Williams could fight for a World Drivers' Championship and a World Constructors. Me too. Just for old time's sake, if nothing else. Cody Soutner. If the W14 is revealed in black, that's a wrap for the season. If it's in silver, then most likely Red Bull. Very superstitious there. I love it. What if it's revealed in white, like that special livery? What happens then? Doragalo hmm? um, Diazuno. Uh, Ken Lo is a Japanese billionaire. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looking to enter F1 like Andretti team and is looking and is looking to be there uh, with his upcoming partners. Uh, so the Pantera Asia. I don't think they'll get in, if I'm honest. And I think I spoke about this on Monday, was it? Or the week before? Uh, I don't think they'll get in because I think if there's this much pushback by the teams on Andretti with Cadillac, I don't think Pantera will get in. I could be wrong there, but uh, I don't think so. Sabotage Designs, Minardi will win the championship. So that's Alpha Tauri, if I'm not mistaken. It was Minardi, right? was bought by Toro Rosso, and that's now Alpha Tauri. So maybe that would be interesting. Could happen. If they reverted back to being Minardi, even better. Uh, Jonathan Clemmer, beat a dead horse, Checo. <laughs> if Max was the same team player that Checo was in the past two seasons, Red Bull would have number one and number two last year. Think of how many people would give Checo more credit. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Kid Clutch, uh, great session. Keep it up. Peace. Thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, David F., if what you said is actually the case this year, in your opinion... How would the Merck pair react to team orders, either George or Lewis? Yeah, and see, this is my problem. Better drink some coffee before we... Before we crack on into this. This is the problem I see, right? So, from the outside looking in, I think if there's team orders, at the moment, George would move out of the way. Right, and let Lewis pass if that was the case. If Lou, you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to see the team orders where George, you know, where Lewis gets out of the way for George, unless Lewis has damage or something like that. Um, and look, the problem is these two guys like each other at the moment, but if it's a case where, you know, Lewis and George are both in the running for the title, then it's all gloves off. And I think that's where it falls away very quickly because. I know it's a different situation, but look at Lewis and Nico. You know, those guys were the best of friends and that fell apart very, very quickly. Um, and it's, you know, it's not anything bad against Lewis. It's just, 
these guys are winners. Like they all will tell you number two is losing, you know? So I think you've got two A-class personalities there. So team orders between George and Lewis, I don't think will be the same as they would be at, you know, Red Bull with Checo and Max. I think Max is very clear, number one. Um, and, you know, as as uh, George Stafford, I just see there's no friends on the track. This is the thing, you know, like George wasn't brought in as the number two driver like, you know, like Bottas was. And I think he's happy to play that second fiddle maybe for a small amount of time. But I don't think George is, is going to pull over there. Uh, George Stafford, Aston Martin dark horse this year. Yeah, I I would love to see it. Maybe it's just the British racing green, which is odd because I'm Irish and I, you know, they stole that British racing green from us because technically British uh, racing color was blue. I can't remember why it changed over, but they stole our green. But maybe that's why I like it because it's the Irish green. But anyway, Cody Soutner, make sure the Netflix crew wasn't around. Yeah, well, definitely not. Pablo Traversari, uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, WDC 2023 look I hope so for Ferrari fans it would be amazing um, if that happens I'll personally be watching P1 with Maddie and Tom or Matt and Tommy because that would be amazing um, also by the way I know I did my own ad break if you're watching this on YouTube and you get ads right now I'm really sorry because YouTube asks me now to put an ad break in I'm like no I'm not going to insert their ads I'll do that close to the end yeah. I should also probably do that more often but anyway Emily O'Leary, I hope we get a few one-off liveries during testing and pre-season. I really want to see a modern Williams in an old yellow, blue and white. Ah, the camel livery. What a legendary livery, right? Amazing. Uh, Great Malou. George, also before I move on, Emily O'Leary, that name is really familiar. But then again, now that I think about it, because I'm fairly sure I went to college with someone called Emily O'Leary. And now that I think about it, it could be you. Or there's probably 17 million other Emily O'Leary's um, in Ireland. So, yeah, anyway, whereabouts are you from there now? Uh, let's see. Uh, great Malou. Great. George is a fiery individual. He won't back down that easy. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that's going to be the, the issue. Um, Regalo Diazuno. Uh, yeah, that's right. As Minardi uh, and Jaguar were bought by Red Bull. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Jaguar became Red Bull and Minardi became Toro Rosso or Red Bull in Italian. Uh, George Stafford Russell is a nice guy off the track, but he is aggressive and I doubt the team will order Brazil 2022 free to race. Yeah, sorry guys, I think it froze there for a moment. Uh, let's see what else is there. Andy from Beaverton froze. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. There was a drop in the thing there. Jake Fermo, what do you think about Carlos Sainz for 2023? I think he will have... Uh, much better 2023, blah, blah, blah. Emily O'Leary, your message came up restricted, but I think it said Limerick before that. Um, so before I answer Jake, I'll uh, I'll jump on. So Limerick, well done there now. That's brilliant. You didn't go to DIT by any chance, did you? Jesus. Can't do a Limerick accent. That was a Cork accent, wasn't it? Sorry about that. Uh, what do you think about Carlos Sainz, Jake Fimo, uh, Fimo? Sorry. I think we'll have a much better 2023. Yeah, look, I think so too. I think... The car balance was off for Sainz at the start of last year. That was what I heard anyway. But look, you hear a lot of these rumors. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think uh, Carlos Sainz should be a strong driver this year, definitely. Um, so, you know, I, I see him doing very well this year. C-Trains. I'm kind of liking George Russell beating Lewis Hamilton. Like a lot, not going to lie. 
Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of controversy, isn't there, with Max and Lewis, and I think it's put a lot of uh, fans' noses out of shape. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I want... I wouldn't... I'm in two minds. I would love... I think it would be epic for Lewis to get his eighth title, right? I think it would be really, really cool. It'd be an achievement, a record-breaking season, all those things. But then do I want him to take Schumacher? I'm kind of in the Vettel field of I don't know if I want him to break the Schumacher record. You know, I kind of want the two of them to be, it's like, okay, we've clearly got Schumacher and Lewis are the best of all time. And Lewis technically has that anyway because he's got the most race wins, you know? So, yeah. Anyway. Anyo, who do you think will have the best livery for 2023? Ooh. Well, Sauber's probably... This be last Aston Alfa Romeo one. I did really love that Alfa Romeo livery. The Red Bull livery is cool, but, you know, I'm getting tired of it. They, I, I really hope they do some sort of shake-up, but they won't. It's kind of iconic now. Same as, like, Ferrari won't ever change from red, and Mercedes won't... Maybe will go black, but it's likely they'll just stick with silver. Hmm... The Aston Martin livery was fire last year. Who do I think will have the best? Mm, McLaren I hated. Um, Alpine was really cool though at the start of the year. The pink one, BWT. Oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Because AlphaTauri was kind of plain and boring in my mind. Haas, Haas MoneyGram will not be the best. Uh, I'm, I sound like an Aston Martin fanboy, but I'm going to say Aston Martin, I think. I think it'll just be really classy. And I don't think there's any big change this year. Alfa Romeo did have the coolest livery on the grid, though, I think, for 2022. It's a hard one. Between those two, I can't give you a full... Yeah, I can't give you... Alfa Romeo. Let's go Alfa Romeo. As I believe George uh, Stafford has as well. Um, Cody Soutner, uh, or sorry, Andy from Beaverton. Carlos should race Dakar. Yeah, but maybe let someone else open the door. Cody Soutner, uh, I don't think we'll see team orders as long as they remain equal status drivers. Also enjoying the show from Pennsylvania. Very nice. Uh, PA, is it? Is that Pennsylvania? Is that the, is that the state where there's a town called Intercourse? Class. Um... George Stra uh, Stratford, sorry, I called you Stafford, didn't I? For the whole podcast. I'm so sorry, George Stratford. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, do you have a uh, softbox lighting? Looks daytime for you unless you're not in the UK. No, there's no softbox. I am in Mexico, so that is just sunny outside, shiny coming in. But I am planning to get a full lighting kit for the live show we're doing in uh, April with a green screen and everything. Uh, C trains. I feel that McLaren will have a good livery. Let's hope. I did. I really didn't like. I think there was just too much going on with their last livery. Uh, let's see. David F. Early season Aston Martin. Aston Martin side pods were fire. Yeah, they were. Uh, Cody Soutner. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, thought so. Uh, Naples, Florida. Richard Fitzgerald. Ah, I thought you were Irish. I don't know why. Maybe just the Fitzgerald. But anyway. Uh, Andy from Beaverton. Ferrari should use the gold rims they used in '94 to '96. Hell to the yizzle. Okay, let's see what our poll comes down to. What do you think, who do you think will be, I should know how to read this, I, I wrote it. Who do you think will win the World Constructors Championship in 2023? This is close, this is close. So other is 5%, Ferrari is 5%, Jesus, Jesus. Mercedes is 44% and Red Bull 46. So it turns out quite a few people agree with me. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. 
So we'll end that poll there. And uh, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure. And that is the end of this week's podcast. Um, so what we're going to... Just one second. George Stratford, the Jordan livery. Yes, all the way. We need Eddie Jordan to bring a new team. Anyway, that, thank you so much, guys, for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate it. Anyone who hasn't already, do please follow uh you'll find this podcast on spotify do please give that a follow as well because we're trying to join or drive that and uh anyone interested in uh from now on so this will be the last time we do the podcast live on this channel we will have it live uh, or early at the very least on patreon going forward so feel free to support us over there if you, if you can spare it um and of course uh we will have a guest next week a lovely lad from jamaica so thank you so much, guys, for joining us. That is a wrap on podcast number two. And I'll leave you with these final words from Villier Jets. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Villier Jets. Support us by using the link in the description below to find out just how affordable it could be to fly in style to the next Grand Prix.